Um, great to be with you. Mm. And um, we missed you the last couple of Sundays. We were up in uh, Chesterfield and York the first Sunday we were away um, in Chesterfield speaking at a memorial service uh, for a dear friend, a um, couple that we knew in Bible college 50 years ago. She had died uh, last year of Alzheimer's. And so her husband had wanted a holding memorial service, which we were able to do a couple of weeks ago. So it was lovely. Many people gathered and um, it was a great time to uh, just give thanks for the life of this uh, lovely lady, Vivian, who is now in Jesus' presence. And then last Sunday, we were in Swindon speaking at the Assemblies of God Church there and had a good time. And actually, Sanjay and Mary will be there next Sunday, I think, because the pastors recently had a heart attack and so they've needed a little bit of help and support. But a lovely group of people who were very enthusiastic and warmly welcoming. Uh, I want to talk just this morning about opening up. Uh, that psalm that Andy read to us at the end of it, it says, uh, open up gates or lift up your heads. Different versions put it, but all about welcoming King Jesus uh, into the temple or into his church. We are now in a time where the total lifting of lockdown uh, is about to take place. We've been in this lockdown since March last year. And um, this lifting is something that I'm sure we're all looking forward to, although we probably got mixed feelings about it. Because we, no one can tell uh, how COVID is going to pan out in the future. Um, we don't know what it's going to be like in the months ahead. We've been told that we can, we now have to live with COVID and we've got to take responsibility for our own behavior and for the good, the greater good of society. But I'm just thinking and have been thinking in this last week, what does this opening up mean for us as a church when we can gather together in our building and be present with one another? Uh, I'm certainly looking forward to being present physically with you all next Sunday. So don't go on Zoom next Sunday. Don't sit in your bed and think, uh, yeah, I just put my computer on or whatever you do. And none of you will be able to escape by switching off your screen. You will be <laughs> physically present. You won't be able to hide anywhere. And uh, it's just going to be great to all be together again, to chat, to connect. And there's something about being present with one another that you don't encounter and experience here on Zoom, as good as Zoom has been for us. And when we look in the Bible, God is a God of presence. Um, and whenever we can physically be together, I'm sure you all long for that time when you can become aware of the presence of God by being physically the body of Christ together. The Bible says, doesn't it, of Jesus, he says, where two of you, three of you gather together in my name, I will be with you. Now, I believe that God is with us on Zoom. Wouldn't it be lovely if there was a little box with Jesus in, so that we're here on Zoom, and there's a little box where you can see Jesus joining along with us. Well, I know he is with us, but not in that way in which we can see but when we are physically together 
you remember there are those moments when you just feel God's here. There is just something lovely about the presence of God, the Holy Spirit amongst us. And I'm sure that we're all looking forward to that. But of course, as wonderful as it will be to meet together to get again, I'm asking the question, how does God want us to restructure church so that we become fruitful to our broken world? Now, in Psalm 24, King Jesus wants to reign in his church, but the extent to which he can reign and be present in his church will depend upon how we restructure and open the way for him to dwell amongst us. The word church in the New Testament is the word ecclesia. We are an ecclesia this morning. And whenever we gather together, we are the ecclesia of God, which is a group of people who are called out and called together so that the king of glory might come and dwell amongst us and that we can then carry his presence and healing into our world. Now, I want to take you into Isaiah 43, because the other passage that was read to us, which was by Mary, because in Isaiah 43, verses 14 to 21, Isaiah prophesies a word of encouragement about a new day. Uh, we were reminded of this on Tuesday evening in our prayer meeting together. But God was speaking through Isaiah to the people of a time when they were to go forwards and not backwards. A time when they could look to the future and no longer long for the past. A time when they could experience the miraculous power of God again. I'm sure you'll all agree with me that it is very easy to look back and long for the good old days of the past. I'm sure you all long for the time before COVID ever existed, when you could go wherever you wanted, you could touch appropriately whoever you wanted to touch, you could be present with one another, you could just do whatever you liked. But once COVID hit, life became very, very different for us all. It's easy to have a nostalgic view and a yearning for when church was the way you once liked it. The nation of Israel had come through a time of captivity, they'd come through times of misery, and their claim to fame was this amazing story of how God had delivered them from their captivity and slavery in Egypt, how God had parted the Red Sea, and they came through on dry ground. This was a story they rehearsed and retold again and again to their children, their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren. Every Jewish person knew of this amazing story of the history of their deliverance from captivity in Egypt. This story was important because this story also was the time when God instituted the Passover, which was that celebration where they were told to remember their deliverance from Egypt. We just shared bread and wine together, which is a similar symbolism to our freedom, the freedom that Jesus purchased for us from the through the cross because the bible says that before we came to know jesus we were slaves to sin we were held in captivity to the powers of sin and the powers of satan but jesus through the cross set us free and the 
bread and wine that we share together is a remembrance. Jesus said, do this to remember what I did for you. And so we faithfully do that. His blood is symbolized in the, the juice or the, the drink, and his body is symbolized in the bread. And that goes back to the shadow of what was initially instituted by God, that Passover meal, telling the people of Israel to remember how they were delivered from their captivity in Egypt. Now, in Isaiah 43, God almost contradicts himself through the prophet and says, forget all about that, which is a very strange thing to do. He said, I want you to forget about the deliverance through the Red Sea. I want you to forget about how I miraculously brought you out of your captivity in Egypt. I want you to forget about the amazing miracle I did for you in the Exodus, because I am going to do something new. All of us have a past. And there are some things of our past that we wish we could undo. Do you like that option on your computer where you can undo something and you can redo it? Even better is the delete where you can just wipe something out. The thing is about your history and my history, there is no undo. There is no delete button. We all have a past that we cannot go back and change. Whatever it might have been, your history is your story. But your history must never be allowed to define your destiny. Let me say that again. Your history must never be allowed to define your destiny because whatever our past has been through the cross, Jesus sets us free and can enable us to have a glorious and far better future. Israel was so steeped in their history that in order for God to envision them with a new destiny of their future, they had to forget the past. Now, just a personal word before we go on from here. Maybe there are things in your past that you need to let go of. Maybe there are things in your past where you need to come and say, God, I am sorry, please forgive me. The Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ, God's sin, God's son, cleanses us from all sin, cleanses us from all of our past. We can be set free today. Our past does not have to spoil our present or our future because Jesus paid the price on the cross so that we could be freed from all the condemnation of our history. And we can step into the new future and destiny that God has provided for us through the Lord Jesus Christ. So what might this physically mean for us about coming together from next Sunday onwards? We trust that from next Sunday, we will be able to physically meet without any interruption going forward. What might this mean for us? What does Isaiah 43 suggest that can help us? Well, the first thing is we need to know that it's going to be a time of recovery. It's going to be a time of recovery. God said in Isaiah 43, 19, I will make a pathway through the desert. Lockdown has been hard. We have been denied the freedoms of many of the normal pathways that we had walked day in and day out. Pathways that we walked without even thinking about. Suddenly they were denied as a result of COVID. 
and life had become very, very difficult. But God promises a new pathway. He says, through the desert, through the barrenness, through the emptiness and the misery that came as a result of COVID, I am the God who can bring about and create for you something that is new. Now, in this time of recovery, we need to remember that we've got to take care and be careful as we begin to meet together again, because we will all respond differently to the freedoms that we've received. So next Sunday, as much as you would love to go and hug somebody, that person may not be in a position to feel safe with being hugged, okay? So we've got to respect how each of us are responding differently to this freedom and to this time of recovery that is going to be offered to us. We will need to be careful, respectful, and take time to recover. But we also need to, I believe, think creatively. Because we've got to ask the question, how do we restructure church? How do we restructure physically meeting together? We've created a structure around Zoom. It's worked very well for us. We're familiar with it. We're comfortable about it. But how do we now restructure physically meeting together? We've got to think creatively. Are there things that we did in the past that we know that will no longer be relevant to us in our future? Are we to go through this time of recovery thinking carefully? Are there fresh ideas? Are there fresh ways in which God wants us to gather together? Ultimately, everything we say and do needs to be missional. Because as a church, we want to reach out to those who've not heard the story of God's love. We want those to know Jesus and to feel welcome to come amongst us as a church as we gather together. So we will need to take things slowly. We will need to listen to the Holy Spirit, but we will also need to think creatively. What do we need to do that we didn't do before? How do we need to do things differently than what we've done before? We need to be open to the creative voice of God, the Holy Spirit, because it's Jesus' church and he wants to build his church so that it will be fruitful and life transforming. It's very interesting. The word recovery comes from the Latin word to recuperate. And I think all of us are going to go through a time of recuperation in our own well-being, our mental health, our outlook on life but also so far as being church together, this is an important time of recovery. But also it's a time of fresh opportunity because God said in Isaiah 43, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I believe that God has a purpose in refreshing us and to bring us into a new experience of his love and grace. But I also believe that this is a time when God wants us to reposition ourselves so that we use the gifts that he has given to us. So it's an opportunity for you to use the gifts that God has given to you. And you will have heard us already mention that we want to, in the church to create teams. The Apostle Paul uses the analogy of the human body to describe church. He says this in Romans 12, 
In his grace, God has given us different gifts, gifts for doing certain things well. We see that very naturally in the professions and in the jobs that we choose. We go into professions and jobs that, that we can do well, that we feel we're naturally gifted towards, but it's exactly the same in serving Jesus and his church. When a church functions as a body, it is, and it's filled with life, it is also life-giving. It won't be dry, it won't be dull, it won't be boring. This is an opportunity for each of us to step up and to use the gifts that God has equipped us with by the person of his Holy Spirit. And can I just say, if you've not done this online survey that Silas can make available to you, it's really helpful. It's just a series of questions, a free survey that will give you an insight and an understanding to some of the gifts that God has given you to serve in and through his church. Silas can make it available to you, or if you've got it and you've not done it, dig it out on your computer and do it, because it might be very, very helpful to you. We also want to give the opportunity for people to be in teams so that you can work with others in the different gifts that God has given to you, so that we serve as a church together and we become life-giving and there's a sense of a body working together fruitfully and fulfilling every gift that each and every person has. We want everyone to be part of a team or several teams where they can use and serve their gifts. This is an opportunity for everyone to be a participator and not a spectator. One of the things that's been lovely here on Zoom is that we've tried to get most of you involved in different ways taking a turn and serving and sharing and it's been great it's worked really really well we don't want to lose that as we move together to being physically present with one another we want all the gifts that God has equipped the body with to be functioning to be serving and to be ministering for the glory of Jesus name the church works well when every person serves in the gifts that God has given to them the Apostle Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 12, the Message Bible, the way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as church. Every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't, the parts we see and the parts we don't see. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. If we're going to be a church that has rivers flowing through it so that people can be refreshed then it will happen as we use the god-given gifts to serve for the glory of jesus name we want to be a church that is a place where people can come and be refreshed because of the love and the life of the lord jesus christ flowing amongst us
But also this time of opportunity is not only the opportunity for you to bring and to use the gifts that God has equipped you with, but also it's a time of shared learning. And particularly next Sunday, we are going to give the opportunity for you to share what God has taught you during lockdown. I'm sure there must be amazing lessons. There have probably been verses of scripture that have become very, very significant to you. One verse that's become significant to me is Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, always present in times of trouble. And maybe there have been verses from the Bible that have been highlighted to you during this season of lockdown that have sustained you and encouraged you and helped you. We want you to have the opportunity to share next Sunday. But would you please let me know sometime during the week if you'd like to say something. I hate it in church when you have an open time and we all sit there and we say, who's going to be the next person? And you have these long silences while you're waiting for someone to step forward. It would be far better if I have a list of names and I can invite one after another to come up and share. So if you feel there's something that would be encouraging to share next Sunday that has been an important lesson for you during this time of lockdown let me know during the week and then I'll compile a list so we can invite you to participate during our wonderful service that we're going to have next Sunday so just one last thing this new day this new season is going to be a time of recovery it's also going to be a time of opportunity but as I hinted at earlier it will be a time for a new destiny for us as a church. Because in verse 21 of Isaiah 43, God says, my people will honor me before the whole world. That's the New Living Translation. I love that statement. I really believe that during this whole time of COVID, God has been doing something internally within his church so that once we are unlocked, we can honor him before the world and there will be a harvest of many people that will come to know Jesus out of this terrible time that we have gone through. You see, God's passion for his people is that they will honor him and by so doing show the world what Jesus is really like. That's our responsibility. That's our mission to show the world what Jesus is really like. Listen to what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 3. Your very lives are a letter that anyone can read by just looking at you. What do people read when they look at your life? Paul goes on, Christ himself wrote this letter, not with ink, but with God's living spirit, not chiseled in stone, but carved into human hearts. We are the Bibles that many people will only ever see or read until they come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal savior. We wanna be those people who offer the hope that there is through the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why in Psalm 24, the psalmist says, lift up your heads or open wide the gates. Let, let, let's be open to allow King Jesus to come in and for us to inherit and to imbibe his presence so that we then take it with us into our world and people can be drawn to us because we've been with the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to just read you a poem before we go into breakout groups about a new day. This is what it said. It's called Tide and Time, written by Sue Quilter. He stood on the edge of the shore, 
his eyes on the vast open sea, his back to the life of before, in front stretched a life yet to be. Time to move on from the past, from its roles and its jibes and acclaim. Time now for him to be cast on life's sea of adventure again. And so with the tide he now turned, deliberately walking away, the waves of the future had burned, a new hope, a new dream, a new day. I believe God's word to us is, I am going to do something new. Look for it. You will be refreshed. There will be a new pathway and you will be a people who show the world what I am truly like. Let's be in faith for it. Let's believe for an exciting future as we begin to physically come together as a church once again.